Hi, this is Keith, and this is Klezmer Podcast 26 for Wednesday, December 12th, 2007. On this episode of the podcast, I have an interview with Julie Egger of the Red Hot Tchotchkes of the San Francisco Bay Area. The Red Hot Tchotchkes have just released a new CD entitled Spice It Up, and I'm going to be talking to Julie about the album, and we'll also get a chance to hear a track. So let's get right to it. Here's my interview with Julie Egger of the Red Hot Tchotchkes. Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to the Klezmer Podcast. Today I have Julie Egger from the Red Hot Tchotchkes on the other end of the phone. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Keith. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, it's great. Um, I've been listening a little bit to your uh, new CD, uh, Spice It Up. I like it a lot. Why don't you tell me about um, your musical background and how you got the band started? Well, I've been playing the violin since I've been seven, and I'm 51, so do the math. Um, basically, I was, you know, a typical kid growing up Long Island, playing the violin, mostly traditional classical music training. Um, though my first song I ever learned how to play was She Loves You, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> because our teacher, Suzuki, wasn't in this country yet, but he knew we knew that what that song was about, and we learned it really easily. Um, and so I've been playing music my whole life. Um, only one part of my life, five years of my life, I didn't play when I first moved to California and bought a house and made babies and basically did the mom thing. So there wasn't a whole lot of time. Um, uh, and mostly I was playing classical, uh, classical music for most of that time, even though I was raised in a really Yiddish type kind of household. My mom used to call it cultural Jews. We didn't belong to a synagogue, but we were raised, and I went to Abitadeng, to Workman Circle for Jewish school. So I was raised with a real Yiddish background um, and heard Klezmer growing up, though I don't think at that point it was called Klezmer. Um, and then in 1998, uh, Henry Sapoznik brought Klez Camp West out here to California, to Petaluma. And I was playing, I had just, just decided that year that I was going to quit my day job and just play music. Um, I had just turned 40, and I thought, well, if I don't do it now, I might as well forget it. And um, I went to Clays Camp West and heard Klezmer music, and it was kind of like coming home. Because, first of all, I knew a lot of people there who had gone, who were connected to the Workman Circle. And it was all of a sudden, this music that I had heard but really didn't know I had heard it, was like it was a marriage of my music and my Judaism because I've also struggled with my Judaism all these years is like where do I fit in and so when I started playing it it, thanks to Henry um, it just brought it home to me that this was the music that I thought totally at home playing I had even realized when I had years late earlier I had would improvise and it would always be kind of in a freakish mode even though I didn't know that's what it was so I think it was always there I just had to find it um, and so 10 years ago, in, in 1998 or 1999, around that time, I actually started a band. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of tried finding people and didn't know how to run a band, but kind of figured it out as I went along. And so we've been together since pretty much 98, the band itself, Red Hot Chachkas. So that's kind of my history, a brief history. And how did you come up with the uh, band name? Um, well, actually, originally it was Hot Kugel, and it was with other pe- some other people that were, didn't work out, and when that band split up, 
my congregation, we were camping, and we did, I don't even remember who came up with it, but we were sitting around the campfire, and people were coming up with all kinds of wild names, like the seventh inning fetch, you know, and <laughs> I liked Red Hot, and I had no idea where the tchotchkes came from, but I think my congregation was definitely a part of that. Okay, very good. <laughs> I know, it's amazing where things come from. Exactly. Well, it, it, the names are always interesting for me. I, and and uh, uh, your one song I hear, uh, Rocky Horror, is, does that have anything to do with uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Well, it's a it, it's kind of came from the Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tony, my mandolin player, wrote that tune, um, and I think the name it was it's just a play on words, basically. You know, everyone most people know what the Rocky Horror Picture Show is, so Rocky Horror was always just a great name. Um, the piece itself really doesn't have anything to do with the movie. Well, you know, it's, so, it's a, we call it our nine and a half minute Grateful Dead jam band tune. Okay. Um, so, so you had a great title. You were just looking for a song to attach it to. He wrote the song and basically the song is the only way it's connected to Klezmer is the beat is a horror beat, but doesn't even stick through the whole song, but it starts <laughs> off with a horror beat. And then we just jam on, on the core changes. And um, it's actually, when we recorded it, we used a lot of electric. I played electric violin. He played electric mandolin. Um, it's, a, you know, it's our rock and roll tune. Right, very good. Um, now, also, uh, and I did mention this earlier, but you, you have some involvement with uh, Clez California, right? Right. I actually was the co-founder. I am the co-founder and president of Clez California, um, and we've been around, gosh, about five years. And actually, that came out of the same Clays, Cal- Clays Camp West that Henry brought out here. Is, you know, well, I grew up in New York, in Long Island, and you don't have to be Jewish to live in New York. I mean, and you don't have to be, you, you, you can be Jewish in New York even if you're not Jewish. Let's put it that way. Right. And when I moved to California and I live in Marin, I always found that I was an oddity as far as, um, you know, there's there's Jewish people out here, but they're so not New York energy. Um, and I really wanted my kids to have a sense of Yiddish culture. And so it kind of inspired me to try to get this program going and, and bring New York to California. That was where it came from, was wanting um, wanting that Yiddish kite energy to happen out here. So that, that, that's where it came from. You know, a lot of times it's really interesting when you have kids, you end up doing things you never thought you would do. Because of your kids, and so they kind of um, got me into doing this. And of course, neither of them want to play klezmer right now. <laughs> right, I run into the same problem. <laughs> right, and every time I try to sing a Yiddish song to them, and like, oh, or speak Yiddish to them, it's like, Mom, go away. So <laughs> right. they understand a lot of it. Yeah. Um, now, close California, you also uh, brought Stu Brotman in on that, also, right? Right, Stu Brotman actually lives in Berkeley. Um, and he's been one on our board and our advisory committee and, and, um, yeah, I mean, I look at up at, I mean, actually Stu played on our first CD family album. Um, so he was playing with us a little bit at the time. Um, but he's kind of, you know, one of my teachers as far as understanding the roots and, and how Klezmer music works. So yeah, he's, he's part of Klez California. Um, he's been here since the get go and, and quite a few other people that, um, you know, we're trying to trying to model it after Clez Camp, but it's we're not quite there. We don't have the same kind of um, 
population. And again, the same, the same reason, New York, you know, you've got them. They're right there waiting to happen. And so same thing in Close Canada. But California, it's you got to twist their arm and make them realize it's okay to be out, out-of-closet Jew. Right. And uh, so when when is that held, or when will the next one be? Well, that's it's up. You know, because California is not a. It's it, we don't have an annual thing because we don't have a regular budget. So it's kind of we we right at this point we're doing smaller events like going into the JCCs. In fact, we're coming up with a mock Jewish wedding right now and a lot of dance parties. Um, immersion program right now. We're kind of on a hold with that, and a lot of it's economic and finding partners to work with. Um, so we just we just started a festival out where I live called the Yiddish Folk Fest um, in in September, and that was really popular. We had almost 400 people show up to take workshops and and listen to klezmer music. So that was pretty cool. Oh, terrific. Um, okay, well let's talk a little about the the CD. Okay. And listening to it, there's so many variations of of uh, style and and ideas going through that. Why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about the concept for the album? Well, I don't know if it was a concept as much as I feel like we've been together long enough that we all feel comfortable with where Klezmer music, what we feel that we know Klezmer music, and we're kind of now letting our own sound come out um, and our own influences. You know, Tony is a bluegrass player, so to the tunes he wrote, Rabbi and the Abbasgotten and... Um, Little Rabbi have a bluegrass sound to it. I have a classical background, and so a lot of my stuff has much more of a, I don't know, the more of a classical sh- sound, though. The tunes I wrote, Shalom, which were actually wrote right after the Second Intifada in Israel, and I was so hopeless, and that was how I dealt with my hopelessness. Um, I also like bringing in a lot of experimental music, like avant-garde and improv stuff, so a lot of the stuff has improvisation with it. Um, I'm looking Stompin' Up, we have some improv in it. Chassel of Diddle, there's some improv in it. And then there's some tunes that are mostly improv, like Rocky Hora and Cholent. They're basic improv tunes. So I would say the concept is having our own sound come out and using the influences that we are comfortable with and applying them to Klezmer music. And uh, we're excited that so much of the CD is original material. Um, there's a lot of Klezmer bands out there, but I think that this one is for us is a great one because it's showing who we are versus just another Klezmer band playing weddings and bar mitzvahs. Right. I, I noticed uh, what seems to be a lot of original songs on there and also, uh, I would say, maybe uh, your take on, on some of the uh, traditional songs as well, right? Right, yeah. Um, we have a tune called Tons Medley, which is a three-piece medley. Um, Beckerman Torah, uh, Belf Chassidl, and Pedestris Tons. And, yeah, we've definitely arranged them to our own likings. Um, we're kind of feeling like, you know, we don't have to just play the straight tune anymore. We can we can play with it. And that's it's really fun to experiment and, and see where, where it goes. And, you know... Like like music to me, to me, any music that you play, you've got to bring who you are to it, um, and let it evolve. And, and it's kind of like it's it's in some ways similar to um, who was I think it was Michelangelo or someone that said 
he when he carves a raw stone, it's he the statue's there. He just has to bring it out. I don't know if it was Michelangelo, but it was some artist. And I think music to me is like that. It's it's you're not in control of the music. The music is there. You have to just be the vessel that brings it out. And I think that's what the CD is about for us. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, and it certainly comes across in the music when when I listen to it. Uh, it's so diverse. So it's really great. I like it a lot. Thank you. Um, so we're going to listen to uh, a song today that you're so kind to provide to me. Uh, and this is Little Gouda. Why don't you tell me about the song? Well, actually, I originally wrote it. Uh, it was originally called um, Sing Me a Lullaby. And I originally wrote it for a grant. There's um, grant um, opportunities in Marin for um, artists. So I wrote a few new tunes for, to apply for this grant. And when we first recorded it years ago for the grant, it was totally different. Um, and then when we started playing it this time, um, the, the basic melody I had written down with chord changes. And so we just kind of, it just evolved during rehearsal as far as there's a slow part, which is more of a, uh, I don't know if it's a waltz or a horror. It's kind of just a slower part um, that's very, very sweet kind of sound. And then it goes into a rip-roaring kind of kick, kick ass kind of, not quite bulgar, but in that direction. Um, and the title came from it, from Clive, California. My two daughters, I have a 15 and an almost 14-year-old. And my younger one has come to every Clive, California I've run. So they've always called me the Big Cheese, and she's the Little Gouda. And so when I wrote, when we put the CD together, on the first album, family album, I wrote a song called Sarah's Bulgar for my other daughter. And she said, you know, it's time you wrote one for me. So she got to name this tune. <laughs> you know, you have kids, you got to, you know, you got to give them something. That's right. So that's where, where that came from. But I love this tune. And the first half of it, I've actually used that melody. I actually played it at my aunt's funeral and um, other places. It's it's such a beautiful melody, um, if I say so myself, considering I wrote it. Right. That it's... Um, it's the first half was really perfect for just different kind of you know situations and depending on you play, how you play it. I mean, the thing about all these tunes, you know, it's interesting when you record it. It's like okay, now it's on CD, so that must be what it is about. But every time we play it at a gig, it's different. I mean, not totally different. The melody's the same, but you know, we we right, change right. it. So you know, it's always amazing when someone will buy a CD and then they go to a live concert and they say, God, it sounds different. You know, just because it's down on on record doesn't mean that that's the ultimate. No, it's only one certain performance you made of it. Right, exactly. You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because you go back to learning klezmer music and people saying, "Well, this is how it's done." You learn these tunes off of these CDs and off of these recordings, and that's how it's done. But that was only one recording on how Harris, you know, my, uh, Dave Harris might have recorded something, and now we use it as gospel. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, study on, on music. It's, it's not like classical where it has to be repeated exactly every time it's performed. Actually, I don't think that's even true with classical. I think if you play a Beethoven concerto, Beethoven wrote it one way, but it depends. it's, it's up to the interpretation of the conductor. I mean, sure, the notes are going to be the same, and if you understand Beethoven and what he did, does with all his music, you're going to have it in that certain, certain style. 
but it's still going to be played. It should be played a little differently every time, otherwise it loses its life. So I think that goes across all music. That's my theory anyway. Very good. Okay, well, uh, let's take a listen to the Red Hot Tchotchkes and Little Gouda.
All right. Well, that was Little Gouda by Red Hot Tchotchkes. That's a great song, Julie. Thank you. Um, what is the uh, there's an opening uh, bass solo on there? Is that something uh, you do every time you perform it as well? If our bass player is with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I you know, you know, bands. You get a gig, and they say we need five players, not six. They only want to pay for five, and so if he's not on the gig, it's not played. Um, yeah, that's probably the best answer I can give you. Okay, very good. It's it's nice to open with the bass. I think you don't hear that very often. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I like that bass sound. Very good. Um, let's see, anything else you'd like to uh, bring up that I might have overlooked? About everything, or just yeah. about the CD? About whatever, any topic. Well, Pick a topic. Well, any any topic. Well, let's see. Should we talk politics? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, um, so, so the, we're at this point, the CD's been out for about a month, and at this point we're setting up some CD release parties in the Bay Area. Um, nothing's been set yet, and both, mostly it's not been set because it's trying to coordinate the band and the, the venues and make sure we get the date that everyone could go to. And as you know, most musicians don't play in just one band. Um, so they're both, we have about two or three that are, Indefinite. It's just a matter of setting the dates up, so I can actually send you that information once it's set. Okay. And we're actually trying to send ourselves a little farther out of away from the bay. Um, there's some possibilities of us going to Austin. Um, and the thing is, we've always been based in the Bay Area, and most of the reason that is all of us have day jobs um, and and or children. And and the life of a musician on the road is not as romantic as people make it as the movies make it seem. Um, so, you know, we're going to try to get out a little bit. We're trying, we're, I've been doing a lot of promotion with the CD and really hoping to get it beyond the Bay Area this time. Um, so that's what I'm doing. You know, someone said to me, your CD's gone. Oh, good. You have it. Now it's easy. I'm like, no, now it's the work. So that's right. where we're at. Trying to put ourselves out there and, 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 uh, get more people. Now that the music is more of our music, we really want to put ourselves out there more. And you're on an independent label, right? Yes, it's our label. Okay, very good. Self-produced. That's most. I think that's probably ninety percent. It's my own estimate of most musicians today. Uh, it certainly seems to be the case with most of the music I'm coming across. Yeah. Well, there's no labels don't pick you up the same way anymore. Right. Uh, so, if uh, somebody wants to uh, pick up the CD or or download the tracks from somewhere, well, uh, where is it available? We're, our website is redhotchotchkas.com, and you can buy it right off our CD or off our website through a Google setup. We're also on CD Baby, um, and actually, I'm not. Sure, in a few weeks, we'll be up on iTunes because CD Baby sets that up. Um, so that's the best place to uh, get tracks. On our website, there are four tunes from the CD that can be downloaded. We don't want to give everyone everything because then they won't buy their CD. Um, the, and, and if they email me through uh, the website, we can also send them directly. That's basically the way it's sold right now. We have some, some in some stores in the Bay Area, you know, some local stores. But again, it's the same with labels. Distribution is is self done. Right. All right. Very good. Well, I'm sure uh, people will be able to to uh, find it if they look uh, on the website and CD Baby. Um, any other upcoming performances that you have uh, scheduled? I know you, you mentioned there's some release parties you're going to be having. Any other uh, 
Something we're going to be playing at the at the Berkeley Richmond JCC probably. We're hoping in May. Um, yeah, at this point, it's a lot of production. Right now, we're promoting and and trying to get you know it, it out there. So not not nothing not not too much right now. Okay, very good. Well, I guess well, thank that's, you uh, so much. That's about all time time we have for today. So, um, Julie Egger from Red Hot Shoshkas, thanks for uh, being on the Clusper Podcast. Thank you so much. Hi, this is the Sisters of Shaneville. You're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. All right, I'm back. I'd like to thank Julie Egger of the Red Hot Tchotchkes for appearing on the program today, and especially for providing the song Little Gouda for us to listen to. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, please send an email to keith at klezmerpodcast.com. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and MySpace is myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. And you can find me on Skype with klezmerpodcast. I am also writing album reviews. If you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you would like to submit for review, please send me an email as well. And as always, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional use only. Also, if you would, take a moment to submit a customer review for the Klezmer Podcast in the iTunes store. That helps my ratings in iTunes. Well, that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And until next time, bye for now.